what up, what up, all my scientists, my artists, my philosophers, my geneticists, my roboticists, my biologists, my archaeologists, my astronomers. Let's get busy. This has been Busy from the first. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ben Busy broadcasting to you from Kyoto, Japan. I'm joined by my co-host, Trailer Park Master Chef. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How's it going? Pretty good. We're we are joined by uh, a very good friend of mine from way back, uh, Mr. Roy Chatterjee. Roy, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. I want. How you to, doing, Roy? I want, how you doing? I want to introduce. I want to introduce everyone, kind of to who Roy is, you know, as as a thinker, and I, I'd like to know, like, exactly how how when you when you introduce people, like. Can I say Buddhist philosopher? Is it Hindu? Yeah, somewhat. It's it's inspired by Buddhism, but it has a sort of original flavor to it. How would have to say? What's the? I'm sure that the the philosophies existed for you know billions of you know generations of ancestry of not only humankind but also other intelligent life. Right. So would you say you founded a new sect of Buddhism? No. In some ways. I mean, I, I don't know if my work, you know, carries on, you know, and it, and it takes that form, so be it. But if it doesn't, you know, that's fine. I tried, you know. But what you're okay. saying is that, like, maybe some of these concepts have existed in previous incarnations, whether it's the Platon, the, the Socratics, I, I'm sorry, the, uh, like, the Greeks, or maybe even the Chinese, or so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, very much the Chinese, I believe. Yeah, this is this is really what you would characterize as a synthesis of Buddhist and Hindu in Hindu thought. Is that how you classify that? I guess so. I mean, I think you know things play into it. Like for the example of quantum physics. Hmm. You know, quantum physics plays a huge part in the in the the mechanics of what I'm suggesting here about the difference between the living and the dead. Okay, that's what I want to uh, get at. So, the the name of your website is literally lifedeathweb.wordpress.com. Yes, indeed. So, so the, I'm actually reading through it right now. <laughs> right. So the the entire like ba- like the cosmogony or the cosmology centers around. This this uh, coincidence of opposites, as Alan Watts might call it, this um, this you know these two diametrically or what we assume are diametrically opposed forces in life and death. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> how would you I characterize s- it? I would say. You know, there there is a there is a difference that we that we're drawing. You know, in, with when it comes to you know how the living are and how the dead are. Mm. And to me, you know, the dead are like God. You know, they can do. They're time travelers. They're they're seekers of of in truth of information and truth. Mm. Um, and they and to you know and they have the powers of you know in any like anything that would be a god. You know, to be able to create and control mm-hmm. and nurture. You know, use compassion. You know, I believe the the dead have definitely have a very compassionate side to them, a wrathful side too, but also compassionate. Hmm. What what uh, what? Um, so, this notion of the dead being God, like, it, it, how? What informs this this uh, this view? Like, where? 
Um, it's a lot of trial and error when it comes to, um, when it comes to, uh, trying a theory of life and death. Right. You know, it's like putting on a hat. You put on this hat, you say, okay, I'm going to try this theory. I believe in, I don't know, there's a number of things, you know, immortality, Mm -hmm. um, death with reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a part of my blog where I'm talking about what I call the seven essential Vedic sages. Yeah. I'm reading that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the idea there is that each one of those sages represents one of those theories. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a little bit of a battleground. This, this, was, this was in recent times that these things happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe 2000, 2004, something around there. Mm. Where, you, where you had these basically like uh, religious epiphanies or some kind of insight uh, that was grounded in your own corporeal experience as a living human being, you were, yeah. uh, you, you, you saw some glint of some deep philosophical insight or was, it was just as a product of your kind of Meditation. observations. Meditation. Are you, now how, are you doing anything special that's causing you to come to these realizations or like conclusions or are you just kind of living about your daily life as normal and they come to you? Do you enter into like some kind of trance state a la like the, sh- the shaman of the, of the Amazon who imbibe ayahuasca and, and gets... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I live in the city and I believe that sometimes there's this kind of city magic that appears. Mm. And, you know, the, the forms that are being taken by the people that are around me and so forth and so on, there's a lot of like... Uh, information that can be gathered there Mm. just like how when you go into the forest and you use you know the uh you know the forest magic that we think of when we talk about shamans and Mm. you know natural healers and so forth and so on from 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 a from a western empirical kind of perspective uh just to satiate some of the more hardliner scientists who, who who are maybe listening and may be really wondering, okay, what are his observations predicated upon? What, how, how would you, com- how would you communicate this this notion of magic to an empiricist, a Western empiricist, or is it com- is it impossible? I, is it? I don't know. I mean, they, you know, they say a closed mouth don't get fed. Right. You know, I don't know. I just, if you're not interested to learn in this, uh, learn about this. If you don't believe it, that's your choice. I don't really think that you'll be punished for it. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, the afterlife is very compassionate, you know, for, towards the in, those that enter it into it, mm. which is, you know, to me is an, ev- an inevitability, but that goes up into a lot of questions sometimes when you're meditating about it. I'm sorry. Uh, so... We, we hear uh, there's some distortion. I don't know if you're rubbing oh, okay. a microphone or something, but we, we, we can right. hear that. Okay, um, is it better now? Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, perfect. you're good. Yeah, John, okay. what did you want? Did you want to ask? Yeah, me? I had a question. You were you had talked about um, how the dead kind of uh, rule everything after life, like the dead are God. Yeah. Um, are you suggesting in that that the dead become like some sort of hive mind that operate together? They're, to for create some sort of god, yeah. From a very monotheistic point of view, they they sort of all band together and act as one. Do you get to like pick your place when you get there? Well, okay, like where you want to be located. I, I think that no, like the guidelines. The god? 
what you what you're dealing with as to what you can do has to do with what times you were conceived to the moment that you die. All that space in between is yours to be able to choose where you want to go and what you want to do. But you have gotcha. your same body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I see what you're saying. So I'm going to look yeah. the same in the afterlife as I look right now. Well, I mean, you could change your, you could work out and get better fit or something. But like, you know I wouldn't I mean? have to though, right? I could just like have abs. Auto, uh, just automatic abs. I hope. No, uh, I mean, a lot faster than you could be if you were alive because you can focus. Okay. Yeah. Isn't yeah, this? It, is, are, are we? Are 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 we? Are we claiming that there is some type of corporeality to the transcendence of the soul, that the soul itself is not just some kind of amorphous spiritual uh, um, like vapor, but it is actually it takes on like definition in terms of like having abs or, you know, being like buff or whatever. Like, is that even applicable? Yeah, does it even mean the same thing? Like, would you find the same things attractive then? Like, oh yeah. I know, like maybe I wouldn't want to. In abs. life, you would say, "Oh, I really want to get laid" or something. But then, when you're in the afterlife, you don't care. <laughs> right, yeah, I'd yeah. probably be like really happy just being a part of like some like omnipresent deity's like foot. There seems yeah. like there's like a scaling issue whereby, like, within this cosmology or within this way of looking at the universe, that there are certain. Uh, assumptions that are made about the physical world that when they transfer over into this metaphysical space of an afterlife that they still like you're still subject to the laws of physics and right, so right, right, right. I, it's I, like you, it is it is subjected to you know things you can do and things you can't do but the the the, um, the range of things that can be done mm. is still infinite which it really isn't in life. Mm. You really have to just sit by the clock in life, sort of, and wait, you know, for your time or whatever. Or, you know, maybe you have something important to do while you're here, and that, there, that needs it, to be taken care here, of. Here's an important uh, uh, line of question that I want to opus, uh, open us up on, is that is there any conciliance between, and I know I hinted at this be, before, like this notion of magic, how... And is there any truth to the notion that maybe a Western empiricist and a a, a, a Buddhist, a uh, a Buddhist who is trained in like the the uh, the, the the internal more uh, what is it Theravada, the Theravada Buddhism, which is much more um, esoteric, a much more esoteric system, that these two people are basically saying the same thing using different language in other words the buddhist might say yes it is it all is the will of the buddha um and, and the 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 scientists might say well everything is the universe like that sure these yeah are transferable how yeah. then how then would you translate this notion of magic like what how what would that translate into into Western scientific empirical language? Well, any candidates? I mean, you know, the higher power theory is though, like you know, something whether they're extraterrestrial beings, whether they're beings from the spirit realm, maybe Mars. Yeah, who knows? But have yeah. you uh? 
Have you physically seen this? I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is something to talk about, which is that, I mean, there's been like several times in my life where it was, you know, whether whether it was lost or depressed or who knows what was going wrong, but I, I got sort of like visited mm. in different ways by different kinds of, you know, formations that these afterlife beings can take. Were you mm-hmm. sick at all? Were you like actually physically ill at the time or were you in an well, these are, state these of are, consciousness or was this just yeah, waking I mean, I remember one time specifically I was, um, there was this little gathering in Cambridge mm-hmm. by the river. I don't know what it was called, but it was some sort of like almost like a rave, but not so extreme, but Cambridge and before then, the listeners is Cambridge, Massachusetts. Go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I guess, like, I, I was like, okay, all right, I feel kind of immortal, you know, in my own way. But what if, what if I die? You know, what would what would be then? You know, and then, then somebody kind of came up to me and started, you know, communicating with me, talking to me, and she was clearly, like, of that dimension to me. I don't know if that's, you know, you could say that's an, a delusion of sorts. Was but this I, an I think, ethereal being? Like... I'm trying to get some ground to this. Were you, were you had you imbibed like a magic mushrooms or LSD? Was this no, no hallucinogenic uh, inspired? Like no judgment if you were. Yeah, like, not I'm at all. I'm a fan of like, all those totally, things. No, no, no. Totally, I mean, totally for all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally for all of that. Yeah. So no, you just had vi- you just you just literally. So had you were approached by this being. That's crazy. Right. Not yeah, crazy. I mean, like, it's amazing. Well, I mean, the, the point is, is that she took the form of a human, you know, probably the s- similar human that she was when she was alive. Mm. And then something happens there because it's like over time, right? When somebody embodies one of these beings, an Elohim, mm. there's a point in which they're going to lo- leave that 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 time continuum. That Elohimness kind of. Yeah, where so that's where you from, get like dying into birth or something, or dead. Yeah, there's there's like a tricky stage there to understand how how what was once immortal has to kind of get back to mortality. Yeah, you know that's where so, I don't know if you've read the chapter about the Nephilim, the the halflings. Yeah, I was yeah. reading that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can what you did tell she? Us? Uh, what did yeah. she tell you? What did she talk to you about? What did she inform you of? Uh, do you remember? Or? Well, did she sexually arouse you? Like, was this? Did she approach you in a very kind of, like, but in a very way? Not seductive in the usual sense, but kind of like mystically inspired. You know, mystically inspired. Uh, that's that's nice. That's good language. Like yeah. she had crystals around her and stuff. Uh, no, she had a tattoo that looked kind of interesting. It was really? a, uh, a like a. Celtic cross on her forehead. Ah, Celtic. Yeah, that redhead. Yeah, that's no. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Why well, you thought you knew somebody who? Well, no, I'm like, if she's Celtic inspired, I'm thinking like Irish. Irish chicks are have red hair. I think maybe she right. was a ginger. Right. Ben thought it might have been his sister. It can, it can all yeah, be broken. Funny. You know, for the sake of atheism, it can all be broken down. It's just like, oh, you know. I was inspired by somebody. It didn't really mean that they were from the dead. You know, yeah, all those there, arguments could be made. I'm not. Well, I can't there, really. There are, I think what happens all too often with atheism is there. There are these trite dismissals 
of legitimate human experience. And it's like, yeah. if you were to take an atheist, okay, and have them imbibe DMT, for example, I mean, they would be thrust into a world of inexplicability, which from which I don't think they would ever truly return. Like there is, sir, I'm not saying that th- that scientists wouldn't say they wouldn't kind of deride this philosophy. They they might be very they might be full of invective and be very critical and you know th- hurl around all manner of insult. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, really, there is something. There's like an unknown quantity to reality that can't be ultimately uh, arrived at through Western empirical kind of deductive, re- reductive reasoning. Well, I mean, However, Western science has breached into the whole quantum physics dimension. Right. But And, you know, that the possibility of time travel, the way, you know, just like how I suggested with the dead time traveling, it doesn't... What I see from quantum physics doesn't. It seems to say, okay, all of this really could be possible. If particles behave differently when they're being watched, yes, you know, I mean, that's that's a deeper mystery that we found just within science. Right, but can I contend that like someone sitting back might be like, well, is this going to make my penis big? Because if it's not, <laughs> then it's like, you know what I mean? They'll be like, well, I'll just take Viagra and make my penis big, big, big. But if I'm trying to apply, you know, this this other system, like individuals who are focused on these more corporeal goals of reaching these more like actual physical uh, levels or plateaus or whatever, they might be at a loss in adopting uh, what they foresee as being somewhat amorphous, like to prescribe to someone who wants to achieve some certain end in the physical realm, some kind of metaphysical recipe to get there. Uh, for, for many people, they're very impatient. They have, and they, they haven't cultivated the sensitivity to be able to kind of derive any utility from these uh, more metaphysical prescriptions, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's a really good point, Ben. Yeah. Well, okay, well, what about the Elohim? Like, the Elohim, the, the philosophy is that, the concept is that they represent the dead. The Nephilim, the Nephilim, what is a Nephilim? Nephilim is a halfling. And what, is, what does that mean? Like, it has one foot in the world of the dead, one foot Pretty in the much. world of the life. <laughs> yeah. What, what's their capacity to affect things in the, in the living so world? So these are basically people at Walmart, is what you're describing. <clears throat> Perhaps. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's some people, you go into Walmart at, like, 3 in the morning, and there's just, like, people camped out there that are, like, they're not quite living, they're not quite dead, you know? But they are certainly yeah. high on crystal methamphetamine. I mean, <laughs> and definitely is, have no families. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But, like, so the Nephilim, they, they would be visible, like, uh, to any of us, right? You wouldn't have sure. to be in any kind of like hypnagogic state in order. No, to you see. probably would want to be in a hypnagogic state in order to observe something like that. So they, oh, so, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's it's these alternate states that allow you to open up and see these. things. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, the mortals. What are the mortals? Straightforward. You know, they they are conceived. They 
grow, they live, they get born, they eventually die. They perish. Hey, it's me. What's up? Pretty, pretty normal. Well, maybe, maybe not. Cool. I'm wondering, this notion, this cosmology, how is it informed or how does it inform uh, these concepts that are bandied about in transhumanism of biological immortality? Uh, for, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I should ask the, the question setting out. Do you believe that biological immortality excuse me biological immortality is a is let, let's just say possibility um it's a theory it's a theory so it, w- would you ascribe probability to it like we're no longer talking about if it's possible I actually think we're striving inevitability to death i'm saying that death is actually inevitable so, I mean, and- so it's basically it's a fatalistic kind of schopenhauerian philosophy wherein there is nothing except death in in it's it's kind of it's a philosophy of death isn't it well and the afterlife yeah to be fair yeah that's true so that which kind of like contradicts this notion of a death-oriented philosophy given the fact that there is an afterlife it would seem that life does persist then yeah yeah, I mean, if you're talking about biological immortality after you've kind of attained the whole time travel dimension, mm. that makes sense. But just to be kind of like a mortal off the bat, mm. I mean, I've definitely spent a lot of time thinking about that one. But I don't think it's the case. The weavers. So of am existence. I more likely to be a Nephilim? Like, could you be – I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Like, can you be a Nephilim or an, or an Elohim kind and, like, of, yeah, not know for, it? You wanna get down with the Nephilim? Should make a rap song out of that. That could be that could be a hit. Elohim on the TV screen. Smoking green while I dirty lean. That's pretty good. That is, that I mean, there's there's potential there. Um, yeah, as I mean, that was off the top, though, you know. Uh, we used to uh, kick the rhymes, uh, as it were, oh, yeah. way back in the Dizay. But uh, uh, now we uh, speak philosophically. In the his house. Um, where are we? I'm totally lost. Uh, I think you went to the existence. Weavers of Existence. The there you go. The Weavers of Existence. When I talk about the dead as creators, it's quoted on, on, uh, on, the, uh, on the page. I picture the way dreams reflect waking reality. I picture the way dreams reflect waking reality. So this kind of harkens to the aboriginal notion of dream time in, uh, in the Australian outback, whereby uh, our world is shaped while we sleep by these unseen or unheard or unfelt uh, uh, forces. Is there Are there any... Any similarities there between sure. dream time and the weavers of existence? Yeah. Oh, definitely. A, a lot of nat- native cultures have a philosophy that's similar to that. Mm. Um, also, it says here, the way dreams appear to be a simulation of the afterlife flowing smoothly through the time. So to me, there are at least three types of weavers. Dream weavers, life reality weavers, and afterlife weavers, which are being weaved by something farther into the afterlife, maybe a strange attractor weaver off in the distant future. Yeah. 
Fascinating. Sure. Fascinating. Sure, now, sure, sure. There, 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 there's this coincidence of uh, trifectas here. You have the three weavers, right? Dream weavers, life reality weavers, and afterlife weavers. You have Elohim weavers, Nephilim weavers, and mortal weavers. There's a lot of weavers right there. There's like, and there's like three sets of three. Or there uh-huh. should be three sets of three, right? Where, where does this go, Roy? Like, where, where does this eventually terminate if we're able to... I mean, are we able to use this to actually improve the quality of our day-to-day life? Or is this not... Is this not some uh, sophisticated means by which to rationalize what we really shouldn't be rationalizing, which is human corporeality and uh, mortality. I mean, shouldn't we be raging against the dying of the light? Is the light really dying? That's the good, that's the question, right? If we, I mean, if we were to, if we, if we admit that it is, we've kind of already lost the battle, right? So we kind of have uh-huh. to like fool or trick ourselves into just accepting that immortality is like, the base level the end all be all yeah kind of like that is the eventuality so why not just skip there right uh oh why, why is that an uh oh I don't know <laughs> I, mean, I just it, it's a weird struggle you know yes yes I'd rather know. ride Ray Kurzweil's shoulders into the sunset than than die in a oh, car crash okay. but yeah, yeah pretty much right yeah I mean, even if he smells like weird pee and vitamins, like he's still probably a better bet than 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 we've got. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He probably does smell like yeah. a lot of weird. Dude pee. tastes like eight hundred yeah. fucking pills a day. You know, you take that, you take vitamins, and then you go and you urinate, and it's like it, asparagus ain't got shit on that urine. Nah, there. nah, nah. That's like you smell like, like a cool geriatric. Old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, it's how, bad. What do you think of uh, Ray Kurzweil's work, Roy, and and how does that inform your your work? Uh, no, it's 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 very interesting to me. I mean, the whole technological singularity thing. I don't know if it really promises people immortality. Maybe there's some kind of like long life that goes along with it, though. Mm. Much longer than we kind of could have originally anticipated. Longer than my telomeres. That's what are sure. telomeres? What, I'm sorry, what, what are telomeres? Yeah. Telomeres are the end caps on the DNA. Every time uh, sarcomatosis, oh. they get shorter and shorter. And scientists theorize, biogerontologists theorize that this shortening, by the, by the time y- you, you undergo like enough uh, uh, cellular division, right, yeah. basically you get this untangling of the DNA and it starts cross-linking into each other. And it just Uh-oh. becomes a mess. It's just a mess. Um, cell death. Mass yeah, cell death. Right. Mass cell death. Senescence. Which is just aging, basically. You have this concept of senescence. Have you ever heard of this concept of senescence, Roy? No. Senescence is basically when cells are not being, like, excreted from the... They're not, like, being disposed of through the normal lysosomal... Uh, chain of disposal that we have kind of built into us but they're just kind of like they're sitting around like they're doing nothing they're not doing their job number one 
but number two, they're also not being bounced out of the club, that, you know, of your body, basically. So they're just kind of taking up space, not doing what they're supposed to do, and just kind of they're full of waste that they can't break down often. I'm sorry, the lysosomes are full of these cells that are full of these compounds that can't be kind of enzymatically disposed of, and that's what senescence is. So what you have are in, in advanced aged individuals, human beings, is you have these like tissues that are stiff and they're just chock full of these senescent cells that are no longer doing what the fuck they were, they're, they're there for. They're there to do. So is Kurzweil's thing that he can reverse this process or well, something? Aubrey There's a lot of Ray. different scientists trying to do it right now. Right. Right, right, right. You may be familiar with one of them. His name's Aubrey de Grey. He has an extraordinarily long red beard. Um, oh. This gentleman, you can't mistake him once you've seen him, but he basically approaches the problem of aging... And that is strictly stated, just as it's just as it is, the problem of aging, um, and aging being a disease as an engineering problem, whereby if you remove the waste, if you remove the senescent cells from the body, or you 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 make them negligibly senescent. That is to say, you can maintain these senescent cells, but they're not doing harm to anyone, right? They're just kind of there that you can, in effect, reverse aging in the same way that if you have a Model T from 1900, I don't know when the Model T was created, but way back in the day, the first automobile, you can maintain that automobile. You can still drive it around. It's perfectly fine, provided that you are keeping up on the maintenance of that vehicle. That is to say, when something goes wrong, a, a, a nut is rusted or a bolt comes loose or something that you replace these parts you can in effect you know have this this vehicle from hundreds of years ago that's still that's still perfectly fine to drive okay how do, how does that how does that inform your philosophy i mean if do you think they could coexist yeah, this is the yeah that's is the, the big question. question. Like, is there room within your philosophy to coexist with the idea that we all could like live forever one day outside the exactly. confines of, of like an, of a, of a spiritual afterlife? Perfect. We could have a physical life forever. Yeah. Well, like, could that hey, happen? You know like, what? could that coexist with your philosophy? Uh, no, I don't think it could literally be forever. But I, I think eventually the attraction that goes on between. The afterlife and life just takes control. Um, that, that, that is to so so that is to presuppose that the afterlife and life are diametrically opposed opposites, which it seems like in your philosophy there are. I think one of the uh, the the the, uh, the alternatives that I would put forth is that the yin and the yang together, they that is one thing and they, yeah. there, there aren't any diametrically opposed opposites there's only concordance in that in a world wherein human beings could potentially live forever this annihilation this uh i think uh course of destruction that you might option between the afterlife and life that this is this that this would never happen that in fact 
there is always this co-mingling and actually I would I would look at your philosophy I would look towards the trifecta of the Nephilim the Elohim and the mortals and I would say that there are no mortals and there are no Elohim that there is only it's all the, the Nephilim. middle ground yeah what do I you guess. think of that middle way that middle way possibility I don't know I mean so where does it where do I hang my hat at the end of the day if that's what I'm thinking I guess it's I guess it's kind of a choose your own adventure at that point, right? I guess we kind of just hang our hat kind of anywhere we want, provided that the the ground from which we are building our philosophy is predicated upon uh, this this substantive kind of inherent or intrinsic immortality, which of course needs to be veracified by science. That I'm not I'm not saying that we just you know, magically believe to the invisible sky daddy that we're immortal and suddenly we are. Uh, obviously, we have to do the work, too. There you have to have, like, hard evidence. Right. There has like, to be actual, you know, blood, sweat, and tears put into this. Um, but that said, that it has just as much of a possibility of existing as as it not. And and I think where, where you hang your hat is on the the side of it having a possibility of existing and not on the kind of deathist or not, not anti-natalism like I interviewed in Mendham in the last program it's not quite full-blown anti-natalism or fatalism or or pessimism but you basically kind of err on the side of well things are improving like things are getting better kind of like a Steven Pinker like uh, like thing where do you uh, continue to go like where do you plan on going with your philosophy like uh, do you have any plans for the future or do you just intend to continue to record as as you have these breakthroughs yeah I suppose I don't know if someone were to pay you money for your philosophy what um, what dollar amount would you would you be, you know... I don't know. Would that, what do you mean they pay me money for it? Like, that they would... Sense. Like, Does that I'm saying, they like... theirs now or something? They be, well, it if, belongs to them? Re, yeah, yeah, like that. Like, if, if Shambhala Publications, for example, which is headquartered in the Horticultural Building on Mass Ave in Boston, were to offer you, you know, let's say, uh, a book deal... What would be like an offer that you would consider for basically, you know, uh, repub- re- repurposing or republishing your works? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what, I mean. Are we, are we talking like 10 to 60 million? Are we talking no, like 100 no. billion billion or 80 no, million? No, 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 not much. Maybe just something reasonable dollars? to think about making something. Making an agreement that'll, you know, help like, me enough that. I mean, I don't want to be greedy. To what? Like to buy like a pack of cigarettes or help you. Well, I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's not a matter of greed. It's just like a matter of what they're willing to pay for it and like how much it yeah, help people sure, up until that sure. point. And like yeah. a fair, a fair figure would probably be somewhere in the ballpark of like fifteen to twenty-five million dollars. I'm no. thinking like maybe 80, 60, 50, 70, 80, 3D, 60 million, billion, million, trillion. Maybe 65. Okay. 80, 60, 50. You're just 50. pulling my leg, of course. What about 80, 60, 50? 
Maybe 12. Maybe 12 bucks. I mean, yes. like you obviously you need to account for cost of living. When you say, "Oh, I just need enough to be made comfortable," like what? I mean, comfortable in what? To what degree? On what scale? Like, okay, yeah, I can be comfortable if you buy me uh, a a slice of pizza at Little Stevie's. Like, I'm good to go. That's like what three bucks for a slice of pizza at Little Stevie's? I don't know how much it goes for nowadays. Or are we talking like, you know, like John said, like 25, 60 mil? Maybe 89 mil. <sighs> what 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 would you be comfortable with? Like honestly, like I'm 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 being completely serious here. I I don't want to really put a dollar value on it this minute. Okay. Yeah, it's just. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Just a question going forward because it's something that he has to consider, like as the inertia starts to build behind this particular brand of philosophy and he starts, you know, rising, rising on the planes as, as it were, as it is described in, um, as it is described in the Thelema, in the Thelema, uh, sects, he needs to consider this Deepak Chopra kind of eventuality wherein, he is kind of a rock star, superstar, kind of neo-Buddhist or uh, new age kind of philosophical heavyweight. And the sooner that he begins to really consider that, I think the better off he'll the be. The faster success will come. I mean, that, I mean, that, that kind of goes along with the philosophy of the secret a couple of years ago. If you envision something, it's going to eventually come to you. Right. I what think you, that's just a well-known fact. What do you think about that law of attraction, Roy? Do you, do you put any stock in that? Which law of attraction? The law of attraction wherein if somebody believes in something hard enough or they consider it as a, as a, as a reality that then it oh sure i mean i think yeah obviously because the powers that are that are can recognize that you know Mm. like you know whether some people say sometimes their prayers are answered or sometimes not right you know you're always focusing on what you truly want and what i wanted was a double wide in newberry south carolina and i got it whatever i just thought about it really hard i could have thought about a mansion could have thought about a boathouse. I didn't. Thought about this, and it worked. That's how I know the secret's real. What about crystals, uh, Roy? Do you do you? I, I want to get down to the method. Your method of ascertaining um, or channeling, as it were, these these um, these prescriptions, these um, incantations. Uh, what? What do you think of individuals who utilize crystalline energy and the focusing of uh, different quartz and different kinds of crystals like that um, in order to channel uh, these dark forces? Do you believe that, that is, that's something that's, that's viable? Do you use that? What is your method? Oh, no. I, I mean, I say use whatever is available. I think that, you know... The spirits what, will provide you the resources that you need to do what you got to do. What's your preference? Or do you have I just, one? I just use, well, anything that comes up, whether it's music, whether it's um, 
just what I observe from society, what I look at when I see nature, et cetera, et cetera. What has Ooh. been... Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I have a follow-up after that, but if you want to go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. What, go, John, did you want to ask something? I got, I got nothing. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask, um, what has been your single most incredible, like, uh, significant otherworldly or otherwise transcendent experience. Uh, could you go into detail on that? And could you could you let us know like like how? Yeah, I, I really don't know if I can if I have that figured out. Well, can you get if you have a a, a number of them? Like you described the uh, the nephilim or uh, yeah, it was a nephilim, right? Because you were able to observe the nephilim. Can I- the ginger guess, with the tattoo yeah, at the concert. Yeah. With the uh, Celtic cross. Have, have there been other, like, wh- what, are there any other, like, catalytic events that you would say really kind of defined your philosophy or really gave you some kind of grand or brilliant insight? Can you share with us another in- incident that may have occurred or experience that you may have had? Um, I don't know. No, I really can't think of anything right now. I mean, you say that you don't know, but I don't know if you're, that's, like, if you're actually being genuine there. Like, when you say that, are, 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 you, are, you, are you sure? Are you sure you don't know? Or do you just not want to talk about it? Because if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine as well. But I think... Right. That, the, our listeners would be interested in knowing kind of the the path that you went on or maybe an experience that you had that might have you know opened up these these doors of realization for you or like maybe even just was positive for you yeah um i don't know hey are you are you actively looking to publish these works? Uh, no, in, in a no, compi- no, no, not really. Um, I don't know. Perhaps I don't know. In the future, like, what would you call the overall system? I realize it's called Life Death Web, but I'm wondering, like, what you would actually call like the overall like religion? Would you call it Royism? Would you call it uh, Life Deathism? Like life death webism oh um what is it called no i guess it's it's somewhere in the maitreyan kind of field of thinking for sure what what is maitreya 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 is the incarnation of perceptual consciousness it's the eye hole from which the universe is sort, sort of sees itself. The eye hole, not to be confused with the a hole. I want everyone out there to kind of, or the e hole, right? I think that's an important distinction. Just a joke. I'm just joking, obviously. Okay. But, yeah, nice. Um, freaking. So it's the eye hole that that the universe sees itself through. I mean, is Correct. this like a mirror? Kind of a mirror, sure. In what way is it a mirror? Uh, because there's a reflection going on. What's the nature of the reflection? It's 
I don't know how to do how to explain that actually. Have you ever taken psychedelic drugs? Yes, I have. Good. Good. That's good. good. That's yeah, always yeah. a good thing. That can open yeah. your mind eye up to the universe like way harder. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Do have you ever come up with any like new philosophies while you were under the influence of like psychedelic drugs? Uh, no. Maybe maybe some some weed or something. No. I didn't like count really. Marijuana. I've heard that if you eat weed, like the edibles are just as powerful hallucinogenically as some of the hardest hallucinogens. Is there any way stronger? Way stronger. So there is truth to that then. Yeah, way stronger. It's it's fascinating. I mean, by a long shot. The relationship that these plants have to human consciousness, Roy. Do you foresee this, like, taking us down new paths of realization and inner catastrophe? Or do you think that there will be more resolution uh, produced by these interactions? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, resolution is kind of an inevitable, you know? Mm, and, and and like we stated before, like what form would resolution take besides immortality? Honestly, like there really only seems to be one eventual outcome, provided that everything continues to get better, right? We need constant yeah. improvement. So, uh, do you like Pussy Roy? I think that's the eye to the universe. Yeah. I think that that was a there was there was there was a motivated yeah, but it was kind of non-committal. I think you need to like refine that. Like, Roy, do you like you know? Are you partial to a particular uh, a particular kind of woman? Shall we say? Uh. Yeah. Like what is what's what's your type, Roy? Like what who are you looking for? Because we have many beautiful women who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, many Playboy playmates, many uh sexy uh No, I'm not students. looking for any any woman right now. I, I have somebody in my life and that's enough. Oh that's Oh well good man. When, where did you yeah. guys meet? Um she uh you know, I, I, I don't I don't really want to much talk about that right now. Okay. Was it can I just ask was it a was it an internet relationship? No, no not at all. A lot of uh, relationships these days are are beginning uh, on the internet. So I was just kind of curious. Yeah. I met my wife yeah. on the internet. Hoorah. Which is crazy. Motivated. But it ended up working out really good, surprisingly. We're like super happy. We've been together for a long time. So, did you use like e-harmony roy to meet meet her or was it no. tinder girl or no 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 uh plenty of fish i said i did not use internet oh. um you got your guys voices sound similar sometimes um who ours well i don't i mean i don't know who's talking right now 
Um, yeah, what, what, what else is there? What, what else do we have to mention? I want to let everyone know to visit Roy's uh, uh, very interesting website, lifedeathweb.wordpress.com. And uh, do you do you just post like kind of whenever you want to, or is Pretty it much. every three yeah. days? Can people look forward to um, kind of a, a? It looks like there's no title to the site. It just says site title when they go yeah, to the page. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not very uh, savvy. So you still so, so you still have uh, some work to do there in yeah. that regard. Um, yeah. What? Just to give the listeners, we're we're entering into the uh, the last bit of time that we have here so far for this episode. But I kind of want to just let let the listeners into the life of Roy. Let us know, like, what is a day in the life of Roy like? What when do you wake up? You know, what do you do? Um, what are your daily activities? Um, you know, do you play Go? Do you play, still play Go? I, I remember uh, you, you come from a, 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 a great lineage of great Go masters. Um, le- lead us through the, uh, the day-to-day life of Roy. Okay. Very good. Um, what, and what, where, where, do you, where do you go? Oh, um, not, nowhere very far. Um, like, do you go outside of the, uh, the Cambridge, Boston area? Do you travel to the astral planes of unconsciousness? Do you go to the lands, the, uh, the fields of barley? Like, where are you going, brother? I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, this has been really fascinating. I want to thank you very much for, uh, for coming on the program uh, if you were entertained or educated by this podcast, please click the PayPal link and donate. We are run 100% off user do- donations. Uh, Trailer Park MasterChef, did you have any last questions before we uh, cut out here? Uh, no, I think I was good. Roy, it was great to have you on, man. It was a super interesting conversation. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having fun with us, man. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate it. And I'm wondering, like, if it would be all right if you'd be interested. Uh, we would like to have you on again, maybe okay. um, to talk about more, more of these concepts and kind of, you know, begin to marry them to the scientific um, things that exist and, and do stuff. Okay. All right. Thank you very Sounds much, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, uh, Trailer Park Master Chef. Thank you. And thanks Check again. me out on Instagram, at Trailer Park Master Chef. Shameless plug. Hey, bruh. Thanks. Bruh. Thanks, Roy. Thank you.